everybody. Welcome back to After the Checkers with Kyle Hall. I am Kyle Hall. I am sitting here with, uh, I think, we'll find out for sure, but I think he is the son of a racing legend, I think. And so uh, we'll we'll find out. This is Brady Utenin, and we're going to chat with him about being Al's kid, about being an accountant in a race car world, about all sorts of stuff. And so uh, we're going to get to that in a second. First off, I need to thank yourmth.com, Minnesota Truck Headquarters. We'll we'll get to them in a little bit. And then also East Central Sports, Mac Johnston and the boys down in North Branch uh, selling golf carts and pit bikes and all that other kind of stuff. And so thank you to those guys for being on board with the show. Welcome to After the Checkers, Brady. How the heck are you? I am doing fantastic. It's a Red Clay Classic weekend, so how could you be doing any better? It is it and I looking at the weather up there, I think it I think it might happen. Last week was <laughs> last week was uh was not so great. This weekend looks pretty damn good. And selfishly, last weekend was fine. I wasn't racing anyways. So I mean if it wanted to rain out every single track in the area, which it pretty much which did. It did. <laughs> I, I was fine with that. But uh no, this weekend is at least to me, and I think to a lot of people, you know, the the big one so hopefully the forecast stays true we get some uh upper 70s which is crazy for this time of year and yeah no no r word especially up where you guys like a 70 a 70s ever up where you're from is is awesome and then to have it in september is even like you're lucky it's not snow right i yeah. mean it's it's lake superior it uh it does help us out. I mean, there are times when, um, you know, there'll be a big system coming in on a Friday and we'll be standing on top of the trailers and it's like, how is this not going to hit us? And then you get a 10, 15 mile per hour wind off the lake and it's just gone. And, and it just pushes it away. Yeah. Yeah. And so it can, it can be good. Um, I would say more in the spring and the fall. It's not, you know, you get, uh, I think today was 20 or 25 mile per, miles per hour off the lake. I mean, I don't think the lake gets much more than maybe 40 degrees. So that, that makes it awfully it's, cool. It's cold. Yeah, for sure. Sweatshirt weather. I see you're wearing a sweatshirt. That's uh your, your round apparel in, in superior for sure. So pretty, pretty much you get two months maybe without it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. So let's talk about your, your brief. Like it, in all honesty, Brady, it seems like you've raced for a long time and you literally, <laughs> this is like your fourth year of racing. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, this year feels like it's been a really long time. Uh, it's not been probably the greatest, but yeah, four years in, obviously first year in the modified this year after three years um, in the B mod. Uh, it's been, it's honestly been crazy. I mean, um, you know, I think that is probably a little bit quicker up into the A mod than maybe a lot of people do, and maybe a little bit quicker than I even wanted to do. But the end of last year, I just had had enough with the B mod. Um, wanted to get in the A mod, and you know, maybe race my dad if he was still going to race. And, you know, that yeah. was kind of up in the air at that time, and so obviously he's still racing this year, and that's been really cool to do. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a whirlwind uh, four years, that's for sure. For sure. And so you, you just talked about something that I, I want to talk about is, is racing your dad is like, is that part of the decision to move up to a mods? Because he certainly wasn't going backwards to, right. to mod. Right. Uh, and was, is that part of 
is that part of the semi-rapid ascent to an AMOD? Is is the chance to race the old man before he hangs up the steering wheel? I mean, I think I'd I'd probably be lying if I said it didn't. Um, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't put it in maybe the top two or three reasons of why I why I wanted to get out of B mods. But yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. I still remember. I think it was 2022, So last year, um, we were racing opening night in Rice Lake and. Uh, Jeff and Cole Spacek were running AMODs and they were first and second. I mean, they were throwing sliders and me and my dad were up there watching it. I mean, I thought it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Heck yeah, it's it is. It's just like, you know, hopefully I move up and we could do that. Unfortunately, that really hasn't been, you know, how it's gone. I've, uh, I've been more uh, mid to rear pack for a decent part of the year. My dad basically just comes out once a week and runs top five and then puts it away for the rest of the weekend. So yeah. he makes it seem probably a lot easier than it is and i'm making it seem a lot harder than it probably is well he's he might have a lap or two more experience than got a couple yeah yeah and so i want to talk about i mean you're 29 years old right according to my race pass and so you didn't start racing until 25 is in, in your dad your dad has raced since like there was two cars kind of thing and so um is there why like i mean there i mean you hear it all the time about you know the, my dad raced and i started in go-karts when i was six and and i i'm 25 and i've been racing for 21 years kind of thing right you know? right and, well, and yeah. so, it, i'm curious about that yeah it is crazy this day and age i mean to say i started at 25 when like you said i mean everyone starts when they're I don't know, six, seven racing go-karts at Ogilvy and Rice Lake. Yeah. And even, you know, you think about like a uh, Kennedy Swan who, you know, it was in the bigger cars at whatever, 13 or 14. Yeah. It's, it's a complete uh, 360 or whatever from what I did. And so growing up, I mean, when I was a really small kid, I loved racing. I mean, before, I mean, I could probably hardly walk and I could tell you every single NASCAR driver that was on the track. And I mean, I would go to, I think most of my dad's races on a Friday night at Superior. I I don't think I had made it through many. I know my mom would bring me a sleeping bag. You're sleeping in the dust. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She'd bring me a sleeping bag and put it in the row behind her. And I would uh, start my uh, sleep a little bit early, but I did want to race when I was young. Um, I wanted to race go-karts really bad. And I remember asking my dad probably a handful of times and it just wasn't going to happen. Um, at that time I was still playing, you know, hockey and baseball and football and all this. I mean, that's pretty much what my life revolved around. And I think my dad's thinking was, you know, you can race whenever you want. So, you know, if you get through your sports career at 18 or whatever, and you want to race, that's still going to be there for you. Yeah. But if you start racing now and you give up sports, you can never come back to that. You're never going back to high school again. Right. And I, I mean, I appreciate that because I mean, I think about it now, my best friends aren't, you know, for the most part from the racing community, they're my hockey teammates, they're my baseball teammates, um, and, you know, things from my, my sporting days. So I, uh, you know, once I kind of realized go-karts wasn't going to happen, I, I don't know, gave up on racing. I mean, I really probably wasn't very involved after that until, (laughs) 
realistically when I graduated college. And so I, I did the whole sports deal, you know, through high school. And then I went to uh, school down in Madison at University of Wisconsin. And I was there for five years. And, you know, I spent probably three of my five summers down there. So it's not like I was back in the area to, right. to go racing or anything. So um, did you get uh, there's an at there's like not far from Madison. There's there's Madison International Race, so the asphalt track there. Did you go? Did you go watch that? No, not even no. then. No, I mean I I I bet you from let's call it you know fourteen to twenty two ish. I mean maybe ten races. Wow. I mean it was it was that uh, it was that slim. Just other just other interests. Right. Well, yeah. It, I mean, for the one thing you think about like specials, you know, in September and October, well, that was, You're gone. I mean, that's prime bat. Well, that's prime badger uh, football. And I was a season ticket holder and I didn't miss a game. So I, I wasn't going to, uh, it's tough to leave Madison uh, really at all, but uh, during uh, a fall Saturday, it's, it's impossible. Yeah. Interesting. So what then, what turned the tide back to like, I want to get in a race car. Yeah. I mean, I, it was always in the back of my mind still. Right. I mean, it's, there's always the, what if, um, I had thought a lot about playing junior hockey when I was in high school and that was kind of always my, my plan. And then I don't really know. I got accepted to Madison and it just never panned out. I tried out for one team, but I, I didn't really try for it. And then, I think years later, as I, as I was graduating, I, I kind of regretted that. I mean, Madison is great. I, I loved my time there, have lifelong friends, but there was that, what if, you know, why didn't you play junior hockey? And so then I graduate college and I came home for the summer. I was studying for my CPA. So I had a decent amount of spare time. And that's when I started going uh, with my dad on the weekends again. And I, I probably hit up more races in that one summer than I did the previous 10 years. And, yeah. you know, you get questions, Oh, when are you going to race? And at that point I was like, ah, you know, maybe at some point, you know, my dad will want to pass the car down to me and he'll be my car owner. Um, <laughs> but it, it still wasn't a super serious thought. And then it was 2019 red clay classic. And I was, I was getting closer and closer to the thought of doing it. But at this time I still lived in Minneapolis um, that's where I was working out of and I knew it was going to be tough. And, uh, I think the, it was probably the late models were out on the track. My dad texted me, you know, Jake. So Jake Hartung at SSR, he's got a car there for you. You should give him a call. And so I called them the next week or the week after, and then we went and looked at it and they did a ton of work to it. And, you know, a couple months later, I, I picked her up and we began and that was in the middle of COVID. So it was right, yeah, right at anyways. the dead start of COVID. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Nice. Great timing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at least you didn't, you get to be a rookie twice. Like that's, that's the, the silver lining in that. Well, it, yes. And I mean, truth be told it, it sounds weird, but COVID was probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Um, and there's many reasons why, but I got to, basically move home or move back to superior for that entire summer i mean there's just no way i would have been able to live in minneapolis yeah. and race out of superior um out of my dad's garage i mean it, that just wasn't going to happen uh we might have made it work had it not ha uh, worked out that way but 
it wouldn't have been what it was, you know, racing 30 sometimes or whatever right. I ended up doing in, in 2020. But I also got to live at home for a, a, almost a year, you know, that saved me a ton of rent and that pretty yeah. much went straight into the car because starting from, and it's not even ground zero because obviously my dad has a ton of equipment, but you know, getting the trailer, getting a car, getting a motor. I mean, starting all of that from ground zero is obviously super expensive. It was yeah. back then and it's got even worse now. Yeah. Yeah. So that you're, you're a great interview, Brady, because you're literally leading me to the, like, this is <laughs> like, these are all questions that I have down here is you're an accountant. Like you're, you're a black and white and it has to make sense guy. And then you race cars, which is yeah. maybe the the polar opposite of it. It's black and white, and it needs to make sense financially. And right. so, how do you? How does your? How does your very linear, black and white mind, deal with all of the gray <laughs> and and red? <laughs> to yeah. use an accountant yeah. term. That is <laughs> it, how how do you how do you manage that? it's i mean uh, it's refreshing or it's nice in the sense that i mean accounting and this is my workstation right here that i'm doing this interview at i mean it's two monitors it's screens all day it's calls all day you know looking at numbers reading accounting guidance which is you know usually not super interesting and then you know, I get to whatever five o'clock and I get to go to the shop and, you know, do something with my hands. So it's completely different, which is very nice. I mean, I think about my dad was a, a master tech at a Toyota dealership for, you know, 30 years before he retired a couple of years ago. So he went to work, he worked on cars all day. He came, home, came home and he worked on a car all night. And I mean, he, he got to the end, you know, of his career. And it's probably just because you do something for 30 years you know, you want to be done with it anyways. Yeah. But he would say, I don't like working on cars. And it's like, wow, you did it for 30 years, you know, basically all day and all night. So it is, it's super nice. Um, I was actually just updating. I, this is the accountant in me. I have a huge Excel workbook that has every year, you know, the four years that I've raced, but it has every year. So it has like all my results, um, you know, starts and finishes, which is a lot easier now with my race pass than it yeah. probably was, you know, a couple of years ago before that. But, you know, it has sponsorships, you know, what I what I got from each sponsor, career statistics. Um, it's where I do the finances at the end of the year to see how much in the red I am. Um, so it's got <laughs> everything, but it's just nice to kind of be able to see it. And uh, it's real easy to tell how the year has gone when I look at uh, this year's there's there's a lot of red. Yeah, there's a lot. Of <laughs> yeah. Well, there's you've you've got a couple wins this year. There's two according to my race pass. You had you had two, but if you if you can if the bad nights are some top fives, top tens, and not DNFs, that that helps out a lot because usually a DNF means there's some wrecked sheet metal or tires or suspension yeah. or engines or like the DNFs aren't only bad payout nights they're usually bad outgo yeah. nights as well yeah. so it's uh is that and is that is that kind of the reasons why you're you're maybe not having a great year well yeah i mean it's <laughs> it's kind of been a crazy year really i mean i we came out that first weekend and 
I got second and superior to Shane Sabraski. You know, 780 other people have done that. Yeah, and, <laughs> and night two, I won an Ogilvy and beat guys like Shane Sabraski and Wagaman and Belfi and Aishins. I mean, the guys that are, have been at the top of our sport for, yeah, I mean, years, decades, yeah. you're talking on some of those. And so it was... The chest gets just, a little bigger. The, the, the helmet starts fitting a little tight. because the <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, I remember thinking after the second night, God, I probably should have done this last year. I mean, this I went modified with, thing is easy. Well, and I mean, maybe not easy, but when it's when it's good, it's good. If you can, like, I mean, if you can get top fives, top threes, you can do all right financially. And so I came out that first weekend, and so I look at it here. I mean, it was thirteen hundred and fifty dollars over those two nights, and. You that that's sustainable. I I can do yeah. that, you know, all year and keep this going for many years. But um, it, it, and which is one of the reasons why I got out of B mods. I mean, you can go and win and get second, and that's not even probably going to be half of what I made. Right. You know, it's three hundred, four hundred to win in B mods. Um, you know, as opposed to eight hundred for which was Ogilvy um, in the A mods. So. I mean, that was one of the reasons to get out because you can do okay financially, but like you said, the DNFs and the wrecking stuff is where, you know, it, it's what kills you. I mean, I've gone through, I blew a motor, I mean, which is nothing that I could control, but um, I did that. And then I've wrecked a lot of things and it's tough to say, but probably 80, 90% of it is my fault. And so I got out of B mods because I felt like it wasn't my fault when I was wrecking stuff. And then, then I went to A mods and now it's like, it is my fault. So I don't know if that's better or worse. I mean, I can correct it and hopefully I do, you know, going into next year, but it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's been a little bit of a, a weird change, but yeah, we've had a couple of decent nights and what's nice is, you know, we a couple of our good runs have been at bigger shows. So the 444 Memorial, uh, Labor Day Shootout, uh, Northern Nationals. I mean, we're three of our seven top fives. So it's nice to to run good at good shows. But yeah, the, the DNFs definitely have to clean that up going into next year. So it's funny that you're talking about this. The, the, my last interview, we, we talked about this, about... It was another modified driver today, but was a B mod driver for a long time. And, and he, he is a big pusher of you need to get out of the B mods as fast as possible for the reasons you just said is that you, you wreck a lot more stuff in B mods, which isn't dogging on B mods. It, the reason B mods exist is, is to get people up to speed, right? Like there's the, the skill difference between the 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 first you know a rookie b mod driver and a guy that's been in b mods for 15 years it it might be the widest skills gap in right. all of wasoda as far as the classes there's there's people that this is the first time they've ever been in a race car and there's people that have been a b mod driver for 20 years and right. and when you mix the two of those together and maybe throw an invert in there all of a sudden you're wrecking a lot of crap and, right. and that's, it just is what it is in the modifieds. It is, it is kind of the opposite of that. Like, like we talked about last night or like in that interview, it wasn't like in last week's interview is 
is the, the, the skill level in modifieds tends to be a lot higher to where the guy in third place on lap one can, can do that slow spin in turns one and two and park right in the middle of the track. And every car just goes inside, outside, inside, outside and misses yeah. them all together. And he spins himself around, rolls up and you go green out of four. Like it's just, yeah. it just is how it is. And to your point is you're a rookie, like you're a brand new driver in an A mod, which is doesn't seem a lot different, but it is a lot different than a B mod to drive. And so you're, you'll get it. Like you'll next year will, you won't be a rookie. Like you'll understand throttle control better. You'll understand set up a little better where the edge is on this car. I'm sure in all of your statistics, if you go look, the the beginning of the year was probably a little worse than the end of the year and where you you start to click them off a little bit and start to have some some decent finishes or finishes at all kind of a thing you know and so right. that makes sense to me that you know whenever you know you you see somebody that had some pretty decent success in a in a lesser class and they move up sometimes it was like man it fits like a glove and they just rock it Tyler Peterson this year went from a modified right. to a late model and, and apparently should have been a late model driver since he was five years old, because the guy is frigging lighting it up. And, 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 and then other times it takes somebody a, a while to kind of feel the groove of the new car. And, and both of those are, are fine and dandy kind of things. So um, let's talk about your, your dad is Al Utenin, uh who is, I don't know how long your dad has raced, but it's a long ass time. And this is 43. That's 43rd year. And yeah. so is there, I mean, you're, you're never not going to be Al's kid. Oh. Right. And so is there, is there a shadow there that you live in? Or is there, when, when you stub your toe against Donnie Eichens, against Shane Sobraski, against Clayton Wagaman, all the names you just mentioned, do they do they come to Brady or do they go to Al? Well, I mean, I would hope they would come to me. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't think there's a shadow, or at least I don't feel like I'm living in that or racing under it. Um, I don't know if part of that is I'm nine, he's 98. I mean, 98 is obviously an important number to him and to our family. I mean, it's probably the last two numbers of everyone's password for everything, every account that they have. But I was, I was nine in everything I did in hockey and baseball. And it's just, it's my number. I feel, you know, a lot of attachment to that. So I don't know if that's part of it, but I don't know. People say me and my dad are, are similar. Um, and I don't know if that's usually in a, in a good sense or a bad sense, but we obviously depends spend... on who's saying it, I suppose. <laughs> right. Well, and you hear it from my mom sometimes, you know, you're just like your dad. And I don't know if she means yeah, that, that in a loving that, way or not. That one doesn't count because she can say <laughs> that and mean it this way or that way. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously great. I mean, he's, he's one of my best friends and has been for my entire life and is, is a great help for me. I mean, I think he tries to be as hands off as he can because, um, you know, it is my operation. It's my car. I'm responsible for it, but he helps out when he can or when he needs to. I mean, like I said, we've had a couple of nights where, well, we had one week earlier in the year where, 
think we tore the car down on Tuesday. We brought it to SSR or he brought it to SSR on Wednesday. They fixed it up. We got it back Thursday and put it together that night. And so like, there are times like that where he really does sacrifice and, you know, has to work on his stuff, you know, maybe during the day when he doesn't want to, you know, he's retired. He's got a honey do list to do. He doesn't like working on the race cars uh, during business hours. So there are times that he definitely sacrifices for me. Obviously I'm forever grateful for everything he's ever done for me. Um, but I don't know. I don't feel like there's additional pressure because my last name's Utenen or anything like that. So that it's, you just said the word that I was going to bring up is, is there's, there's racing in the shadow, which it, it very much sounds like you, you're Brady and he's Al. And like, like you say, there's, he's 98 and you're nine and we're not, I'm not 98 junior kind of thing, you know? And is there, is maybe they're the same thing. The, the other question that I put is, is there pressure from him or is there, do you feel pressure to live up to Al's standards? Well, well standards. Yes. So, I mean, in terms of he's, he's hard on me in a sense of like maintenance stuff. And so Anyone who knows my dad or his maintenance program, I mean, it's tip top. He won, he got some Ironman award uh, years ago at Superior for consecutive laps. And I mean, that doesn't just happen by chance. It's no, because it he spends every waking moment in the shop, you know, going through things. We've had two weeks off uh, or we will have two weeks off between the legendary and red clay. And I mean, he goes through absolutely everything on his car with a fine tooth comb. Um, I'm still getting there. Um, I, I definitely don't work at it as much as he does. Um, and you, I I mean, maybe you can see that in some of the DNFs. I mean, maybe that's part of the reason why, but so there's, there is, I'll call it pressure to live up to his standards there. And, but for the most part, he's not super hard on me in terms of results or things like that. I mean, there's maybe one or two times in a year where, you know, maybe my, my finishing position wasn't great, but I felt okay with the car and the process and just building confidence. And I feel, I felt fine with the night where he's not, yeah. but that, that really doesn't happen a whole lot. Um, he never, he, well, I went not never, but he, he seldom is hard on me in terms of, uh, you know, what I do on the track results. Yeah. 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 And so that's, I would say as, as a dad who has kids that are, that are not that much younger than you, that is, if he's hard on you about maintenance, that's because he learned it the hard way. Like he, he, at some point in his life, he wasn't Al Uten and maintenance Nazi. He was just, I'll wash her up and you know, well, it's good for next week. And it broke. And he learned over time just freaking nut and bolt the damn car because it's easier than putting the car back together when it breaks. Exactly. And, and it's, it's uh, so if he's hard on you about that, that's, that's just age and wisdom. He's, he's trying to impart his, his mistakes so that you don't make them kind of a thing. So it's right. uh, no, that's, that's, that's a good thing that he's hard on you about. So Okay. Uh, last question in the let's get to know, and and I think you've already answered it halfway, and you're an accountant that apparently keeps meticulous records of everything you've ever done. And so this is, in hindsight, this is way too easy of a question, but you have two wins this year. Where were they? 
uh, Ogilvy opening night and then Proctor on season championship night. Yep, that's exactly right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's only two. It's not that hard to come up with. Well, them. but I mean, you I... know what? After they kind of blend all together, like, but when it's a win is a win kind of a thing. Right. There's yeah. uh, you you brought up Sabraski. If if we ask him and say, hey, where where were your 58 wins this year? He might not be able to tell you every one of them off the top of his head. So that would be a good question, though. I mean, I I honestly would be curious if he could if he could get through all whatever sixty wins he he has a year because there are, there are guys. I mean, I know from when I used to golf that could walk you through every shot of a round they played years ago. Yeah, and so it's it it's possible that he could tell you. I. I doubt he can get all 800 i mean that'd be crazy but you know on a year-by-year basis you know if he could walk you through all those yeah it's it's way closer to 900 by the way um (laughs) it's literally like like doesn't it seem like there was a facebook post a little while ago and he was you know it was him and his kid doing the 800 symbol like this and i think it was in wilmer that he got his 800th win that was that was last season (laughs) <laughs> and and he's at like 875 or some like it's like nuts the clip that he, that guy wins at but he's whatever. a machine maintenance exactly right. and so uh okay so we move on to the fun section and I, I said at the top of the show that at the bottom of the show we would get to get to the sponsors and this is the yourmth.com rapid fire questions and it's all brought to you by your mth which is minnesota trek headquarters they're there is one near you if you're in Minnesota right now. And if it's not near you, wait, wait six to 12 months and there's going to be one near you. Mike and I have had a, a conversation recently and, and MTH is expanding and expanding rapidly throughout the state of Minnesota uh, and even into other states a little bit west of here. Not so much east yet uh, for my Wisconsin friend here, but uh hold on it's coming i i would almost guarantee you it's coming so uh yourmth.com if you haven't been there and checked out their inventory go there if you're looking for a car rapid fire questions brady uh five questions that may or may not have to do with racing some of yours do some of yours don't yep question number one this is a would you rather would you rather win 20 races in the modified and lose the national championship or win zero races and win the national championship. Not that races. that could happen. 20 races? Yeah. The natty is not that important to you. Well, it is, but I mean, that's one celebration. You win 20 times, that's 20 celebrations. And I, I'll never win a national championship. I mean, maybe a hot take or a bull take, but I can almost guarantee you that'll that's never happen because <laughs> I'll never race that much. Oh. Um, so I'll probably never have to worry about that question, but 20 races easily for me. Okay. That's a good answer. And you, there was zero thought to do with it. Like you were just in on it. That's perfect. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, are we, are we about to meet your wife? Are you married? Uh, girlfriend. Girlfriend. Are we, are we going to meet her right now? Uh, she's actually packing for, for red clay. So okay. I'll, okay. I'll keep her on that side of our, I, I just saw the shadow walk by <laughs> and I saw your eyes and I'm like, Oh, we're going to get a guest. Uh, okay. What is your earliest racing memory? Because you're a guy that probably was at a racetrack when you were two weeks old. What, what is, what is your earliest memory of racetracks? Huh. 
so I don't, I don't know my age. My dad would be able to tell you what year this was. And so then we could back into the, to my age, but he rolled down the front stretch at superior when I was real young. And I don't remember seeing the car. I might've been sleeping for all I know, but I don't remember actually seeing the wreck. I just remember my mom grabbing me and we like sprinted out of the track. And I, I, I would have to imagine I was less than 10. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure that's my first uh, okay. racing memory. It's, it's funny you say that because my earliest memory is also of a crash is that, I mean, it wasn't my dad, but it, yeah. my earliest memory is I'm, I'm from Brainerd. That's where I live. And in North central speedway is five miles from my house. I grew up 15 miles from North central speedway. we went there quite a bit as a kid and mm -hmm. I, they had a sprint car night. And I remember, uh, Harry, the horse thief Johnson. That was because I thought, man, what a badass nickname, the horse. Yeah. Thief. And, uh, uh, I don't, and I think he's from up somewhere up on the range up there somewhere and, or was, I don't know if Harry's still around or not, but, um, he, he come out like sprint cars do. And then his left front hit the other guy's right rear and it, it mm -hmm. sent him tumbling and he broke off the like back then the flag man stuck out over the over the racetrack yeah and, and he was flipping through the air and the sprint car broke the flag man the flag stand right off its stand and and that's that's my first memory as a probably this you know seven eight nine ish years old kind of a thing at the racetrack that's it's funny that we have similar first memories well, yeah, I mean, something like that is is certainly going to elicit a a deep ingrained memory. Yeah, that, exactly. Uh, exactly. Isn't going so, away. Uh, what is what is your now? Your girlfriend can hear us talking, right? Like she's literally right behind this computer. Yeah, she's uh, on the so, couch. Just so, so right be super careful when you answer this question <laughs> right now. Is uh, what is what is Brady's dream vacation? Ooh. Well, I'd have to put it into probably like two categories. I mean, racing related and non-racing related. So you are so smart, man. <laughs> <laughs> non-racing related. I, I really want to go to Finland. So we were talking before we recorded. I mean, that's where my family comes from. Yeah. And I just think it's such a cool area that I'd like to visit there. Racing related. I don't know why I want to go to the Bristol night race so bad. I mean, it. I don't know if it is what it was probably when I was a kid and why I think it's the coolest thing on earth, but, um, that would probably be my racing yeah. related. No, that would be as far as NASCAR races, that would be my race to yeah. go to as well as Bristol night. Uh, just because like it, how badass, like it's it, like they say, it's a Coliseum. Like you can, right. see, if you're up high enough, you can see the whole damn track all at once. And right. it's, uh, uh I think mine is is uh, further up on the bucket list is Eldora and and those you know iconic dirt track yeah. type places kind of thing that that I haven't been to yet. And the other one for me, racing related, is I have never seen a big block modified turn a lap mm -hmm. in person. And I there's something I want to go out there. It seems like they're all in the northeast part right. of the world up there. And I think that would just be badass to go watch big blocks or, or even like asphalt modified, you know, go to, mm -hmm. go to uh, Bowman gray and watch the, watch them fist fight in the football field or whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? And oh, yeah. so, uh, 
but yeah, outside of racing, it's, it's mine is Ireland, which is, is funny because it, people think I'm Irish and I'm not, uh, but it's, it's, uh, something about the country of Ireland that makes me want to go there. So, uh, question number four, uh, do you look into the stands when you're driving? Like, are you, is there ever a moment where you just kind of like, is there any, do you ever, is something catch your eyes and you, and you look up into the stands out of turn four or, you know, look, look past the flag stand off turn one with someone with yellow gloves doing this or anything like that. <laughs> I never, I mean, I've never looked in, let's say the grandstands under green. Um, I do every now and then look down the backstretch at superior uh we may or may not have a spot there with 20 people every every night and yeah. so sometimes they're able to tell you something um but no i mean never under green if it's a long yellow at superior i mean i'll i'll take a look you can't see faces or anything unless they turn the lights on but yeah. just to see how many fans are how many fans are in the stands but no nothing nothing under green okay there's the reason I asked that question is literally today at work. We talked about there's a, where I work, there's a bunch of people that are race fans that just happens mm-hmm. to work out that way. And there was, there's some like 12 year old ginger kid that races late models. And he's got like, he's like this four foot high guy, with like a big, you know, fiery red mullet. And mm-hmm. he runs late models at like 12 years old. And there's supposedly there's this picture of him like all crossed up and he's looking out the car at the camera. Like he he stares at the camera the whole time around. Like he's not looking where he's going in a freaking late model. And I'm like, there's a certain badassery about that. That's just like, yeah, that's right. You know, you're checking me out kind of thing. And so I thought, I wonder if like it's, I added it to my questions to ask people is, I, I wonder if people under green like if there's something that sort of catches your eye other than the flags mm-hmm. or whatever kind of thing and so it's somebody does somebody i guarantee you somebody right it's just not me I, i've got enough on my plate going around under green that uh i need to keep maybe, my maybe five years from now when the a mod <laughs> slows down right. a little bit and things right. are happening a little slower and not so fast yeah 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 so uh, last question in the in the rapid fire questions is uh, in these I, I used to do these all the time and I got away from it. In fact, I'm going to bring this sucker back is what do you call a group of elephants? This is we're mm. testing your uh, your Madison education here. Ooh, see, I get words stuck in my head and I know it's not the right answer, but it's the only thing I can think of. And I'm thinking gaggle, but I'm pretty sure gaggle is geese. That's geese. Yep. Um, It's not a pride. That's lions. Yeah. It's pride is pretty damn close though. I'll tell you, I'll give you the hint that pride is at oh. least, at least sounds like the right word. When you hear what it is, you're going to be like, man, that makes sense. Mm. it is a parade of elephants but when you like think about elephants walking that's a it's slow and methodical and they're like holding on to their mom with their trunk like that's kind of like a parade isn't it yeah i must have i must have slept through that uh seminar in madison madison yeah yeah. i skipped i skipped uh 
animal gang calls. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I was going to say a, like a class title. I didn't know what I would call it. Geology. I don't know. Is that geology? Probably not. I don't know. So no, maybe, that's rocks. I, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm maybe, really. Uh, maybe it's biology. I don't know what that would be, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, so that's the URMGH.com rapid fire questions. Uh, and we move on to the last section here, which is the ECS pay it forward question. And this is Brady, where my last guest is going to ask you a question. Then you get yep. to ask my next guest a question. And it's all brought to you by ECS, which is East Central Sports. Mac Johnston, another race car guy. I'm sure you he comes up to your track a lot and and uh, and hangs out up there. If, if he's not racing, he's hanging out up there. And so, uh, but if you're if you're looking for a golf cart or a little four-wheeler or pit bike, all of those things, he is the guy to talk to. And he'll, if you tell him you're a racer, he's it's just an instant discount. So um, this was Brady on Brady. My last guest was Brady Gertis. Okay. And, and now I'm Brady Utenin. So his question for you was, should you have moved out of the B mods faster? No. I've had I've had crazy ideas, and I mean this is just a, a result of my results this year. But I've had crazy ideas where it's like I probably could have had another year or two um, in the in B the B mods, but faster, no, no. All right, that's interesting. He said he's he'll get it. Like he's for sure because the the amount of tin that you wreck in the B mod outweighs the extra cost of an a mod and the payout is twice as good in an a mod which offsets so financially he said go to the a mod right well and that's yeah. that's going back to the earlier question is that those are basically the two reasons or the top yeah. two reasons why i did move out um that being said, I'll probably just lose didn't work more out. money this year than I did next year. It will be worth in like it. three years in the B mod. So yeah, exactly, exactly. So okay, so that was that was the question to you. Here's the question that you get to ask my next guest, and these are people that you're definitely gonna know. Uh, it's a twofer. It's a father and son. Uh, it is Kevin slash Buzzy and Blake Adams. And so what would your, what would your question for, for the, uh, the father son tandem of the Adams boys? Cool. Is can it be like a, uh, personally directed at it, them what, question? Whatever question you want it to be, my friend. All right. When is Blake going USMTS? That is a brilliant question. Uh, when, is the 14 year old <laughs> getting in a USMTS? Um, as as the guy answers the question and says, No, I should have stayed in a B mod longer. <laughs> well, Blake won more races in his rookie year in a B mod than I did in my entire three years. So I think yeah. he's probably um, a little bit more qualified for it than me. So, uh, did you, did you, were you at, no, you were at the legendary 100. Yep. So did you happen to watch any of the Wasoda.tv coverage of the, of the Wasoda 100? I didn't see any of the like qualifier stuff. I did watch, I think every feature from Saturday. Okay. There's on Friday night, there was, uh, uh, 
there was a young lad that won his qualifying heat race and and put himself uh actually he won he won the qualifying heat race and then ended up winning the the feature as well so he got two interviews from the guy doing victory lane interviews <laughs> and uh and Blake Adams from Cameron Wisconsin came out as hey Cameron how was that race or something <laughs> to that effect and uh just complete brain fart on my part it was one of those as an announcer where you saw the words, like I physically saw words leaving my mouth and entering yeah. the microphone and coming out the speakers going, that was wrong. I just called Blake Cameron and it was, it ended up being pretty funny deal. And uh, it, we made a funny video after it and, and it, it ended up being super fun, but yeah. So right then I thought, man, I got to get the two of them onto the show and we need to have some fun with that and talk about, you know, Blake's future and, and if Buzzy's going to keep racing or if he's just going to be a part-time guy and a car owner and a coach or what exactly is going to happen there. So, so that'll be next time on after the checkers and Brady, I, I can't appreciate you more for taking the time. Obviously you, you guys are getting ready. You're, Maybe maybe this was the ploy to have a girlfriend pack all of the clothes and get everything ready for you. No, I got an interview, honey. Uh, don't, don't be letting all my secrets. Yeah, exactly. And so, but I, I wish you best of luck the rest of this season. And uh, and I, I wish you finishes where there's not a scratch <laughs> on the car. And uh, and maybe there's a pretty big paycheck coming home with you. I sure hope so. I, uh, I appreciate you doing this. I, I love this kind of stuff, Kyle. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. That's Brady Utenin on After the Checkers, everybody.